You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, at this time, I want to take a moment and just recognize the uh, recognize our first responders. We are glad that each of you are here, and uh, I would like to begin by uh, recognizing our local law enforcement and, uh, and I, I hope that you'd be willing to come and just stand so we can uh, honor you individually. And I'm going to ask each, each group that I ask to come to come up, law enforcement, then I'm going to ask firemen and then EMTs and dispatch. So if you'd be willing to come, those of you that are uh, law enforcement officers, would you be willing to come up and uh, yep, we've got a tray you here and uh, these other fellas as well. Looking for Chad. Uh, see you around here. All right. Uh, look at these guys. A good-looking group of guys here, isn't it? And uh, what a blessing to have these men that um, that serve and protect our communities, you know. And uh, I want to say just publicly right here from this pulpit that we back the blue, right? We believe in our local law enforcement. We appreciate what they do. And, you know, that we know that there's uh, much, they've been much maligned in recent days. But uh, I'll tell you one thing for sure. Uh, never try to pass any judgment on an incomplete or edited video. That's the way they try to do these days to attack these guys and the great work that they do. Um, man, I'm telling you, these guys, uh, but if you don't understand what it's like to uh, strap on these boots and that vest, you don't know what it's like to have to make split split. Uh, second life decisions but these are the guys that patrol our area and I'll say something else as far as prayer and everything goes for these guys uh, sometimes people can have a mis- uh, misconception about especially those that work more in the rural law, law enforcement uh, man that can be some of the dangerous law enforcement there is because uh, backup can, is so far away but I appreciate these guys that patrol and keep our community safe uh, and we've got several different ones represented here from city to county uh, to another city. We got, uh, Elk, I know we got Elk Point represented, uh, represented today. We've got Union County represented. We got Mobile represented. Uh, we have uh, uh, the DEA represented here today as well, who also supports uh, the county uh, and city when needed. So we appreciate these guys. So I just want to give these guys a hand. If y'all remain standing up here, please. And before I ask the firefighters to come, is there any family members of law enforcement here today? That I, I, I'm not going to ask you to come up, but would you just stand right where you are if you are a family member, a significant other, uh, wife? Okay, there we go. Uh, step, uh, all right, here we go. There we go, some family members of law enforcement. So let's give them a hand as well. All right, and, and at this time I'm going to ask uh, the, uh, the, the uh, firemen, if they would, to please come forward. Uh, firemen and women are often uh, the first on the scene, and we've seen that to be the case in uh, many cases. Uh, the very first uh, people on the scene are the firemen and women. Uh, our local firefighters are volunteer. We have also some Sioux City police represented here, that we, or Sioux City, I'm sorry, firemen that are represented here as well. Uh, we appreciate them. We appreciate the local vi- firefighters who are volunteer firefighters. And what a blessing that these guys are willing to do that. And I think it would be worth saying, I'll say this with the EMTs as well and the ambulance crew, 
that, uh, that it, it is on a volunteer basis. And I'm sure, Renee, y'all are probably always looking for people uh, that are willing to help out on the crew. And the same thing would be said with the volunteer firefighters. But man, to think about these guys who are willing to, willing to drop everything when a call comes in. Uh, firefighters risk their lives, they risk their health, they risk their lives, they risk their dreams. Same thing with the, the, the law enforcement. Firefighters, law enforcement, and, uh, and we had that song play that when the sirens go off, it still goes on. You don't just walk away from a scene and, and that be the end of it. Uh, and, and I'll go ahead and ask the, the, you know, the EMTs and dispatch if they would come at this time. If you work, or you work on the ambulance crew at all, if you would please come, for, come forward and join these uh, up here, we'd like to honor you as well. Any of you that work on the ambulance crew, we would just love to honor you here today. Renee, has it been 28 years? Is that right? 27 for Doug, I believe. The first six years of the, the ambulance service here in Elk Point, that was the ambulance crew right there, Doug and Renee. Uh, but I'm so thankful for so many that have come, come alongside and as these come up. So let's recognize these firefighters. Let's res recognize this, uh, these EMTs today as well. Yeah, thank you very much. And then right before they're seated, I want to recognize any firefighter families. Uh, if you're a family of a firefighter, would you please stand uh, right now, please? So stand so we can recognize you right where you are. There we go. Thank you so much. And then uh, to recognize any family members of uh, those that are on the ambulance crew or EMTs, would you please stand as well uh, so we could recognize you for your sacrifice and service? All right. Well, thank you so much. And let's, let's, let's stand one more time and give these guys a hand. Y'all can be seated. Thank y'all so much for your service. I want each of you to know you can be seated. And again, uh, I said it, but man, we do support and we want to do anything that we can to be in support of all of our law enforcement, uh, both those that are right in town, and again, we are represented by some that are further out, but we are thankful for everyone, every family member uh, that represents them, and, um, and I want to just share a few verses with you today. I, I believe I smell that barbecue already. Uh, we do have junior church, if there's any of the kids that would like to be dismissed to junior church or uh, any of the nurseries, but they don't have to. But I smell that barbecue cooking, and I appreciate, uh, I mentioned John Orr. He donated the, uh, the rod and reel, uh, and then he also donated several T-shirts. Polaris donated several shirts that we'll be auctioning off. Most of them are women's, and so, uh, if, uh, so, that, so the women can definitely have a shirt there, but you can also get one for your wife or daughter or somebody in your family if you'd like to as well. Um, but then Texas Roadhouse did uh, donate uh, pulled pork today, and we're really excited about that. Uh, Hy-Vee donated uh, some food as well, and also Old Chicago donated salads. We had, then Perkins donated 21 pies, 21 pies. So, um, yeah, I could eat those all myself probably, but I won't. But, uh, but so please, if you can, uh, I do want to share some words from the scripture with you today, uh, thanking you and encouraging you and just showing you an interesting parallel, I believe, in the Bible of a first responder, because I really believe, whether you've ever thought of this or not, that really at the heart of what many of you do as first responders really is very closely related to the heart of God. Uh, God who does care about people in their most desperate moments. God who cares about people 
when nobody else does. God who can do something for people when no one else can. You know, Ryan was using the example of uh, being at Menards on Friday, and I thought he was going to be trying to brag about their good uh, Black Friday sales, that she had a heart attack or something, but, uh, but he wasn't doing that. But, uh, but when you think about that, what's Ryan going to do? He doesn't have the training. He doesn't have that. You can get the training, but aren't you glad you can call somebody that can show up right now? And aren't you glad that you can call? And again, I don't want to, I want to think about the people that come, but also remember uh, those that work dispatch, every bit of it, all those valuable back uh, people that you don't see up front, but what a blessing that is. But I'm telling you, I really believe that we see from the word of God, how much of that comes from the heart of God. And in Luke chapter 10, we've got a great example of this. Uh, that I, and I believe it's interesting because with all of the different first responders we have here today, I believe there's a reference somewhere throughout the Scripture that we could apply to them. You know, for one thing, I'll just say for one thing, it's interesting even from the law enforcement side, you know, you don't think about maybe seeing much in the way of law enforcement in the Word of God, but the fact of the matter is that when you study and look at the history, we know that there's laws in the Bible. And they may not have had a police force as we have today and as we think of today, but they definitely had one, they definitely had those who promoted justice by enforcing the law. In the Bible, you read about men that were called watchmen, watchmen that were on the wall, armed men that were watchmen, armed guards. You read about all these. And what were they doing? They were enforcing the law. In fact, Romans 13, verses 3 through 4 says this. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? And here he's talking about the power. He's talking about those who enforce the law. He says that those that are enforcing the law ought to be a terror, not to those that are doing right, but to those that are doing wrong. They ought to, they ought to get their attention, right? Because it says that they which do good... We'll have praise of the same, but here's what it says about law enforcement. I don't know if you knew this, if you're in law enforcement, but here's what the Bible says about you. It says that he is the minister of God, the minister of God for good. It says, uh, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. Notice this, for he beareth not the sword in vain, which uh, our guys don't carry. I didn't see them with swords today. Uh, but the idea is that they're armed. He's saying they're not armed in vain. Uh, so take heed. Make sure that you follow and keep uh, the law there. That's what the Bible says, that he's a minister of God. It mentions again. So that's a cool thing. Then on the firefighter, firefighter side of thing, there's a verse that I'll tie into these verses that I'll share with you in a moment. In the book of Jude, the Bible says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment that is spotted by the flesh. And so saving, pulling those from the fire. So we support our law enforcement today. Again, we believe and support them. And I'm, I'm glad that we live in a community that has been, uh, I believe, overall supportive of our local law enforcement. And uh, I'm glad that we hadn't heard any of that defund business around here, right? Uh, it's just ridiculousness, but I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the firemen, and I'm thankful for the EMTs, and I'm going to kind of include them into this next passage and a few thoughts I want to share with you today before we have dinner, all right? In Luke chapter number 10, Jesus gave the message of the Good Samaritan, 
The Good Samaritan. That's a phrase that we're familiar with in our day and age. We still call people Good Samaritans that show up to help someone. But in this case, I believe that we find some great parallels. Notice what the Bible says here in verse 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and they wounded him, and they departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So imagine that. This, here's a man that's on a journey, and as he travels, he gets robbed. He gets mugged. He gets beat up, and he gets left on the side of the road for dead. All of a sudden, here comes a guy who is a, a, a certain priest, the Bible says. Now, there's, there's something that Jesus is trying to teach here that I'm going to close with and conclude with here in a moment. But here's a priest coming by, but when the priest comes by, he doesn't stop to help. The Bible says he's coming down the road and over here he sees this man maybe wallowing in his own blood and instead of checking him out, instead of helping him, he was powerless and he walked on the other side of the road to avoid helping that man. But then it continues. He wasn't the only one. The Bible says, and likewise, a Levite. And a Levite was another religious person. When when he was at that place, He came and he looked on him, but then he passed by on the other side. So he came and at least he looked, came by and checked him out, but then he just kept on going. Man, what a sad society, what a sad day that we live in. That when when things like that actually do still happen in some of our bigger cities to where there'll be people getting beat up, mugged, laying on the side of the road, people will go right past. But there was somebody else that came by. The Bible says in verse 33, but. Now the thing that it said about the first two guys is by chance they came by. But notice this, verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. So one of the very first things that we find out about this man is this good Samaritan that to me is just like an an ancient first responder. He came to the scene. And when he got there, the Bible didn't say that he came by by chance. It said he was on a journey, which seems to indicate that he was out looking for people because, as we'll find out in a minute, he, had a, he, he actually had a, like a first aid kit or something he carried on his horse because he brought out oil and he brought out bandages and he, he was able to bandage this man up. Why? Because he was on a journey. He was on a mission. And, you know, it was interesting this just within the last month or two, I was studying and reading and listening to a podcast about burnout. But it was talking about burnout in the ministry. It was just talking about how, how many pastors just get overwhelmed. And, and the reason they say why is that a pastor, is he, he looks at his life not as a job but as a calling. And it's something that he brings with him all the time. But I'm saying all that to say this. The interesting thing was they said first responders, they said the one profession or the one group as far as the profession goes that was related to that was first responders. Because they said that first responders, number one, there's a high rate of burnout. Why? Because, well, you ask any of these folks, there's a lot to carry. 
There's a lot that you see. There's a lot that you hear. I've talked to law enforcement before that just says, man, I've just about lost faith in humanity, period. You know, you can get a real cynical look at the world. And just like we, I mentioned that song that was played earlier. I mean, you, you, you see things that you don't clock out at 5 o'clock and forget what you saw in an accident on the side of the interstate. And you, and you don't clock out and forget what you saw when you walked in a house when someone has been dead for days. You don't clock out at 5 and that's gone. No, it stays with you. So one of the things is, is it's something that's always with you. And then another thing is that I found this interesting, that first responders, more than anybody else or any other profession, they view their life as a calling. They, their, their thing ain't, oh, just I thought this would be a cool job, blah, blah, blah. No, they feel like it's a calling. And that's what we see here with this guy. He was on a journey. He was on a mission. He had something that he was trying to accomplish. This man had a purpose. And so I say that, and I want to say to all of our first responders and to our church, that's why we want to be faithful to, to pray for you. That's why we want to be uh, uh, prayerful and be, let you know that we are here for you in any way that we can be. We want to be willing to, to support you and let, let you know that we're here for you because I know that's got to be a lot to bear. But another thing that really uh, come to my mind in this was one of, the, one of the things that I appreciate about every one of these first responders here today is with what they do, what, what do we do when we hear gunshots, for instance, we generally don't run toward the gunshots. We normally run away from the gunshots, right? But there's a large group of men here today that they hear gunshots and there's something clicks in them. They're going toward the gunshots, right? They're putting, their, they're putting themselves in harm's way. These are men with families. These are men with futures. These are, in, in many cases, young men. You saw many of them up here today. But no matter, they are willing to... So when other people run out, they'll run in. Firefighters, what do you do when there's a fire? You know, especially a fire... The, the first thing we think of is, oh my gosh, I'm going to get out of this place. So we run out. But what do firefighters do? They go running in. They go running in. they putting themselves in harm's way. Uh, why? It, it, it's a sacrifice. It's a mission. It's a calling. And I'm telling you, that's the people we have among us today, and that's why we want to honor you guys. Same thing with EMTs, man. You see somebody in some kind of medical situation, you have no idea what to do. You've, you are totally helpless. But these folks come running in. These folks come helping out. There's another thing I thought about that's interesting in this story. The Bible specifies that the man that got beat up was a, Samar was, a, was a Jew, but the guy that came to save him was a Samaritan. Now, uh, for what it's worth, it's interesting to note that during this time there was a great divide between uh, the Samaritans and the Jews. They didn't like each other as a people. They didn't care for each other as a people. But when this Samaritan saw this person, he didn't stop to himself and say, oh wait, he's a Jew, I'm not going to help him. And you know one of the things I appreciate, and I, I don't know, I, I even think about this being in a small town. It would be hard to imagine that over 27 years that there's been maybe somebody that Doug went to help that maybe him and Doug at some point or time didn't get along that very well. Possibly. If you can believe that. Alright? But imagine that. So, but Doug doesn't go up and say, oh wait, what was that address again? Oh no, we're not going there. Right? 
A, a, a first responder is not, hey, how about this? This, this is a good lesson because this is one of the big lessons where I want to tie this in with Jesus Christ in just a moment. Because think about this. How many of you first responders have been involved in a call, probably many calls, but have you been into a, to a, you've been involved in a call to where, whether it's a, 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 you know, a crime being committed, whether it's a house that's on fire, you know, you get called to a house that's on fire, what were they doing? Oh, well, we had our fire pit set up in the living room, right beside the Christmas tree, right? Right? Uh, well, as a firefighter, do, do, do you rush in and say, hey, what's going on here? Oh, well, we had our fire pit right beside the... Oh, you're idiots. You're on your own. Thankfully, first responders don't do that because there's a lot of idiots in the world, okay? Uh, first responders don't do that. They, they don't come in and say, oh, I mean, ha, how, many, how many times have EMTs or police uh, had to respond to something to where it was drinking related? And somebody went and got liquored up and then went out and done something stupid and was drinking and driving and got in an accident or, or caused another accident. They, they don't go out and say, oh, he, well, the idiot's a drunk. He should know not to head out driving drunk. The police don't say, well, sorry, dude. EMTs don't say, just let it, leave him there. It's his own fault. Now you're saying, of course we don't. That's ridiculous. But I mean, I think it's something to be noted. First responders don't do that. Because the way this all ties in and comes around is that in this story that Jesus is telling about this ancient first responder, He's trying to teach us something about Himself. So you first responders, even though it's my job to get up here and preach and teach and tell people about Christ, whether you realize it or not, you could probably get up here and tell people about Christ more than I could. And you could just do it by recounting some of the things you've done in your life, some of the commitments that you've made in your life, some of the calls that you've been willing to go on in your life. Because what Jesus is trying to teach us is this. We have all been injured by sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus said this in John 10.10. 10. He said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's talking about Satan and he's talking about sin. And so we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all been hurt. You want to uh, know something else that many of us have experienced? Many of you have been left on the side of the road by religion. See, because religion in and of itself, just this man-made formalistic religion, it doesn't have power to really help people. You ever notice that? All it can really do is try to incorporate the people that are already healthy and really doing well. That's the kind of people that religion needs. But that's not the way it is with true Christianity. That's not the way it is with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus knows there's a lot of broken people in this world. He knows there's a lot of us that you may be physically well, but He knows that deep inside we've been beaten. And we've been bloodied. And we're hurt and we're broken and we're laying on the side of the road. Spiritually speaking. Church, many of you have had some priest, some pastor, some church come by and just be like, well, can't do nothing for you. If you could do better, I could help you. But no, that's not what Jesus does. Jesus comes right to where that man is. And here's another thing. Jesus comes right to where we are, and Jesus knows us. Here's the thing. Remember, the Bible says that, that the Samaritan, he came over and he looked on the man. You want to know something? Jesus is looking into all of our lives and hearts and minds right now. He's looking at you right now. 
So, coming back to my story about the person with the fire pit beside the Christmas tree or, or you know, getting liquored up and doing something dumb, uh, whatever it might be, uh, think about this for a moment. Jesus knows that we have made mistakes. He knows that we can all make really poor decisions sometimes. Right? Don't look at me like that. You've made poor decisions too, haven't you? We all do. Jesus, He knows deep down inside. He sees that. But you know what? You've got to understand this because for sometimes, there's some people got the wrong idea on this. They think, oh, Jesus sees me, therefore He probably doesn't want nothing to do with me. You're dead wrong. That would be the same as you showing up on the scene, answering a call, and find out that it was somebody else's fault, and you just driving the other way. You would never do that. And if you would never do that, I promise you something right now, Jesus would definitely never do it. He looks at the broken life, even if it's our own decisions. And here's what it says. The Bible says He had compassion on Him. And you know what? Jesus has compassion on you, which is to say this. He, it literally means that He feels what you feel. Have you been broken? Have you been hurt? Have you been turned off by God and religion? Jesus sees that. Jesus knows that. He sees you and He has compassion on you. He has no intention of saying, you know what, you did that to yourself. He has no intention of saying, you know what, I've been hearing you cuss me for the last 40 years. I don't care about you. No, nope, it's not the case. You, you know, the, these police respond to a scene. There's a need somewhere. It might be somebody who's cussed the police up and down. But if, but, 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 if they, but if there's a need for that man and they need to help to save that man or whatever it may be, that's exactly what they're going to do. And that's what we see here today in the story that Jesus gave of this man that's the first responder. Because ultimately, he is the Lord Jesus Christ. We sung all these songs today about him that may not have seemed like they had to do anything with First Responder Appreciation Sunday, but they do because that's exactly what Jesus came to do. And in my closing illustration, I just want to say this. Once again, the sacrifice of these first responders. Every one of these first responders have given something of themselves that they'll never get back. They've laid down parts of themselves that they'll never get back again. They've sacrificed. Whether it be their time, we know the stress that it can be sometimes on families, the whole thing. There's a sacrifice there. Well, why is that sacrifice? To be able to save us. To be able to help us. And Jesus, in the same way, He looked at our need and He had to make a sacrifice. And the only way that our sins that we've all been born with could be forgiven, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. There's a price to be paid for that. But you know what? That's why Jesus was born. Here we enter into the Christmas season. Why, did, why, why, did, why would He become a man? I want you to remember this. When you see that little baby in a manger for the next couple of weeks, He became a baby so that He could become a man so that He could go to the cross and die for your sins. Make that sacrifice for you. He died on the cross. He rose again the third day so that you and I would be saved. That's why Jesus came. That's His part. And I don't know if you first responders have ever had anybody that have tried to refuse your help or not. I don't know. Maybe there's cases where people have tried to refuse your help. But I think you would agree that it's not too smart. You know, somebody call the, the, the EMTs and, I don't need y'all here, I'm fine, you know, get out of here. Well, your blood pressure's spiking and it's through the roof and whatever else, you really do need me right now, okay? But they try to refuse. 
And what I would say is, that's a dumb thing to do, isn't it? Well, I think it's, this, I think it's equally, if not, it's a lot worse actually, to do that to God. Because He's made the sacrifice, but then now our part, here's what the Bible says, He died on the cross, He bought the gift of salvation, the Bible says it's a gift, and what He does, that's what He did with His sacrifice, then He offers you the gift of salvation. And your job is to accept that gift, accept His help as it were. And here's how you do that, very, very simply. The Bible says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, whosoever, anybody who calls on the Lord shall be saved. In other words, all you got to do, just like them helping that person that's refusing it, is say, okay, I trust you. I'm going to give this closing illustration, and we'll have, I believe, Barb come to the piano, and we'll be dismissed in just a moment and eat some good food. I'm looking forward to it. But as she's coming, I I got one last illustration for this as far as a a first responder illustration. I heard years ago about a man, he was in the city, and he was in an apartment building that had caught on fire. And it was just the entire lower half was burning, and it was burning up to the third, fourth floor, wherever he was, very high. The smoke had filled the place so badly that he was already, he'd started just by trying to sit on the window ledge. Pretty soon he's out there hanging on the window ledge trying to get away from it. But obviously, he, if he lets go, he's going to fall to his death. But there's some firefighters that got there with a net that were willing to catch him. And they were down there below. And they said to him, hey, just let go. We'll catch you. Just let go. But, but here's, what he, here's what he is. He's got a decision to make. Can he trust or does he trust those firemen? Now, he could say yes. But he said yes, but yet he still held on to the burning building. And I'm using that as an example because there's a lot of people that say, oh yeah, yeah, I believe in God. But they're still holding on. They're still hanging on to their, their, their goodness or to their religion or to other things. But to believe on Jesus means like that man finally did. If you believe us, if you trust us, they said, just let go of the building. And he let go of the building, and sure enough, he was brought, he was caught, he was brought to safety without any harm whatsoever. But that's the example today. Many people say, oh yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, do you? Because you're still holding on to something else. And what Jesus, the, the belief that the Bible talks about in the Bible is not just an acknowledgement of God. It's not just an acknowledgement saying, I believe those firemen can save me. I believe those EMTs can help me. No, it's a belief when you just say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to let go and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let go and trust you. And so if you've never done that today, I want to encourage you today to let go of whatever it is you're holding on to and just trust Jesus is going to catch you. Amen? All righty. Barb, would you play? And let's all stand and we'll be dismissed in just a moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Thank you.